Hello, Rip City, to all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Sunday, the 10th of February, and you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. I am Keith Felner Smith, and here with me, as always, the daring, the dashing, the beautiful, and the bold Brandon Goldner. What's up, B? No matter what you say and what you do, when I'm alone, I'd rather be with you. Fuck these other podcasts We'll be right by your side Till 3005 And if you want to reach out to us At 3005 for any other year You can At yes. Trailcasters on Twitter Facebook or Instagram Old fashioned emails Those are always going to work There's going to be Trailcasters at gmail.com And we also have a website Simply Trailcasters.com But the most important com. thing I usually put on my Childish Gambino voice To say it But we're going to want Your 3005 star reviews Whether they are on iTunes, Stitcher Google Play, Spotify Doesn't matter What matters are those reviews Because more reviews Need more people And more people Means more fun Keith, how is everything Going on this very cold And quasi snowy Sunday afternoon? It is going so good. It is a little snowy outside, but it's nice and warm in here. We've got a great guest coming up from Trailblazers Outside. We've got Chris Burkhart, also from NBC Sports Northwest. Let's get that all in there. We're going to be talking about the new Blazers and the end of the trade season. How did we do? How are we feeling about it? As well as the All-Star Game coming up. Then Brandon and I will discuss CJ's hot hand and some live game between Blazers uh, and the Mavs when that comes up. Uh... First things first, though, I want to give a quick uh, salute over to uh, Nick and Wade and Biggie being traded out. Nick and Wade uh, for, uh, we're getting Hood in here, and Biggie for Scal LeBissier. Uh There's some, oh, fuck, okay, just cut that last part. I'm just going to keep going with it. No, nope, okay. not cutting it. Just keep going, dude. You're going to cut keep it. Going. You're going to no, cut it. No, I'm not. I'm not cutting it. Go, 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 go. We'll get Chris in here in a moment, but first a word from one of our sponsors, Envy Adventures. Keith, have you ever been so tongue-tied that you wanted to cut the podcast, but your producer refused to do it? Well, if you have, you might want to reach out to Envy Adventures. Don't you flip me off. You might want to reach out to Envy Adventures. You could flip me off from 20,000 feet over Portland, the Gorge of Mount Hood, which is so snowy right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. You can get flights for as little as $99 a piece. That's you and a couple of your friends can go up in a private chartered flight. It's such a great thing to do for Valentine's Day is coming up. If you have someone's birthday, graduation gift that doesn't matter you can do it for any reason or for no reason at all and to do that you want to reach out to envy adventures at envyadventures.com that is e-n-v-i adventures.com check them out and never cut anything I'm going to fly a banner behind one of envy's planes saying I hate you Brandon I hate you Brandon (laughs) oh man All right, he is the digital media reporter for NBC Sports Northwest and the co-host of Trailblazers Outsiders uh, Season 2. How, how do you guys it's kind of separate you and uh, Shane and Danny, or are you all just like the outsiders now there's six of you? Yeah, we're just all the outsiders, uh, but go. I think like myself, Alex, and Jake are like the outsiders of the outsiders being the added real here outsiders. in the, uh, the second <laughs> season. So, yeah, and then it's tough since you know I'm, I'm the only outsider that is also a uh, credentialed member of the media. Yeah, so I don't even know where I stand anymore. Well, just so everyone else is clear, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Burkhart we have here with us today. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, of, of the real outsiders, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does that feel for you, actually, as far as uh, being the only, I, I guess, yeah, credentialed one there? Do you, do you, does that kind of put you in a different perspective as far as you feel among you guys? Or I, I feel Danny, too, probably comes with a little more of that, you know, been here, one of the OG Blazer analysts for a while. Right. I actually like it because, I mean, I've always wanted to be a journalist, right? And so when you're a journalist, you have to kind of separate yourself from that fan side of things to be objective and talk about the team. But one thing that Outsiders has allowed me to do is kind of 
peel that curtain back and, and be a fan again, and I absolutely enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I still get to do my job, have fun, uh, and, and get some access that not a lot of people have. But seriously, just being a fan is, is pretty damn awesome. So. How is it for you? Because you have to, I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Um, you've done broadcasting video stuff. And for us, like us doing the podcast, like if we mess up, if we say something that's kind of weird or we can always kind of go back and edit it out, but you're up there live. Like, is that nerve wracking for you? Are you used to it? Like, how does that, how does that feel? It, it was the first time after that. It's just like, whatever. I remember when I was in school, I had a teacher uh, tell me that it's, it's not the mistake you make live. It's how you bounce back and adjust to it live. So if you can make a mistake, but have fun with it, make fun of yourself and bounce back well. Yeah. No one's going to care about the nice. mistake, but yeah, live can be nerve wracking when, you know, especially like when you're in the Northwest, like how many times I've accidentally said like Russell Westbrook instead of, you know, the other Westbrook. And it's like, oh, oh, I messed that up. It's like, and what I mean by that is like, <laughs> I'm meaning to talk about Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, so Russell Wilson had a good game last night. No, not what I meant. Oh, Russell's gotcha, in my yeah. head is what I meant by that. And it's like, so little <laughs> things like that, it happens when you're live all the time, whatever. And by the way, speaking of live, just to give the listeners a sense, we're recording on a Sunday and we are at halftime of the Blazers Mavericks, the Blazers. Uh, had a good second quarter. Uh, they're up 57 to 47 uh, on the Mavs nice. right now. I know we're going to get to it, but it just went to halftime. So I wanted to point that out. Just went good to halftime and the bench looks great. So, yes. Do you want to well, start so, yeah, there, so, Keith? I mean, you want to go out of... I know this is out of order and I apologize no, for do it. stomping on your landing. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, what do we think so far? Like, I haven't been watching the game, but I noticed that Dame isn't doing particularly well. I saw some people on Twitter saying that maybe it's because of this 12 p.m. Pacific start uh, that it's early in the day, that it might be rough. Like, is that what you guys are seeing, Chris? Like, are you seeing the starters looking a little lethargic or or what's the deal? No, I don't think they're lethargic at all. I think Dame just hasn't been pressing and I don't think he's been pressing for weeks now. Uh, I think he's trying to get the team to get going. And I mean, Dame's going to have off nights it happens or off mornings now was what it is today. But, uh, no, I don't think it's like Dame having a bad game by any means. I don't think the team is, is lethargic by any means, but it does definitely throw you off a little bit when you are used to these seven o'clock Pacific tips and all of a sudden you're doing one at noon. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be curious to see a, a noon game here in Portland. Honestly, I would love to go to an afternoon Blazer game. I, I it, just, the idea of would being you? able to see the game. Yeah. Are really, you going to be drinking beer at noon? Is that how you're going to play that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all go to Timbers games, right? If you've never been to a Timbers game, same kind of thing. Usually off in the afternoon, you get a nice little, uh, early, early Sunday buzz going, uh, it says the guy drinking water over on the side. Yeah. But, all uh, right, fine. Since we're, we're, we're not doing video, I'm drinking maybe a spot of bourbon and it is only one o'clock. <laughs> so I guess I just outed myself. <laughs> well, I, I drank a, a rum and coke the other day at one o'clock, but that was after the trade deadline, and I felt like I needed it. So. <laughs> oh man, the yeah, there you go. Can we just really quick? I mean, I, we're bouncing around a ton, but oh well. Like the trade deadline was wild. I mean, how many trades were there? It was just and like a lot of reporters, like you, Chris, I know, had to like keep such a close eye on that. Like, did you find it was harder to follow the games because of all the action happening during the trade deadline? Like, is that, is that fatiguing at all? Uh, it's definitely fatiguing. I feel like the night before, especially uh, in my shoes, I'm like, am I allowed to go to sleep? Because if, <laughs> right. if Woj drops a bomb, I'm going to have to wake up and we're going to have to write articles and get videos and do all this stuff. So it can be a little taxing come deadline, uh, but it was kind of quiet for Portland. So I guess I got a little bit of a nap in. You have to have like your notifications on on like audio, like full volume, just like you're sleeping next to your bed. The Twitter goes off. Is it a Woj bomb? No. Okay. Okay. A few more hours. No. 
which absolutely <laughs> irritates me when it's a, a Woj retweet. And it's like, dude, I don't <laughs> care about your retweet about the article link. Just give me news, Woj. I love you, but give me news. <laughs> like his live also, show yeah. with Zach Lowe. It's like, nah, yeah. come on, man. I right, know. So I almost felt bad. The, uh, I set the notifications for Shams too, but he got owned by Woj on trade deadline day. So, <laughs> so the newest, the new Blazers. We were saying that that we didn't do too much here, but I'm kind of honestly, the more I've sat and thought about it, I'm not really unhappy with what we got. Uh, so, Scal Libissier, I believe is with the, the pronunciation I've got going here. Scal Libissier, not Libissieri, not Libissier. Chris, are you with me on I this? Think it's, isn't it Libissier? I thought it was Libissier. I've heard Libissier and Libissier. Uh, I think we're okay. going to try to get the definitive answer out of the locker room today. So I, I like it. Okay, we should throw up a, a poll for that too. See what fans think before uh, before it gets there. No, I think uh, we. So, I th- no, I think Chris has got. We're not going to make a poll for how do you think this guy should pronounce his own name. Let's just call it Scal. How do you think he should pronounce? Yeah, it? Let's how just it, stick okay. Scal. Scal. We're going with Scal. <laughs> so Scal was acquired for Biggie, another uh, one name player that we can go with, and. I, I think this is safe to say it's an upgrade. Uh, Biggie, while he's not a bad player, he never really quite seemed to find uh, a fit for the rotation here. And I've kind of heard a little bit of rumor story that he maybe didn't quite really find the chemistry with the locker room as well, the other players. So hopefully he finds a good fit over in Sacramento. But Scal is a player who has a little bit more of an outside shot, a little bit more athleticism. Seems like maybe someone who can fit with a little more of the direction the Blazers are going right now with the roster. Would you agree, Chris? Uh, I 100% agree with that because what I liked about the deal is I feel like Scal still has upside. And I feel like Caleb Swanigan, I'm rooting for him. He's got a great backstory, but I really think he's closer to his ceiling than anyone wants to admit. Um, Yeah, he looks really good in in Summer League, but if you're big and can push people around, you're going to look good in Summer League. People have practiced for four days. Anybody can look good. Uh, You can look good in the G League too, but when he got on the court in NBA games, you could tell that he was overmatched. Um, And again, I think he was close to his ceiling. I don't really see that with Scal. I think with Scal, you get someone who is a little more athletic athletic can fit into that stott style offense quite uh, quite well just a matter of developing him and in the end people wanted to poo poo it right like oh that's not the big trade we wanted uh, but you were trading your project player for a different project player and a project player that probably fits in better yeah i, def- I definitely think that's fair and also i mean with the rodney hood deal too so that one was um nick stauskas uh wade baldwin and uh or pardon me Yes, Wade Baldwin yeah. and yeah, uh, Baldwin and, and, picks. and what two second round picks or just one? Yeah, two um, second round picks in twenty one and twenty three. And so for that again, I mean, both of these moves. Like, by the way, like I think it's interesting. There were a lot of people saying, "Oh, the Blazers are trying to get under the tax." No, they actually added a little bit to this year's this year's salary, meaning that look, they cared enough to improve the team. And obviously, Rodney Hood has looked good so far. Um, the one thing that we've seen with the addition of Rodney Hood, it's only been like a game and a half. It's been how do you shuffle the rotation and you all that minutes management with Layman and Myers Leonard and everybody else. So, Chris, I mean, do you think that there's any one player that's going to be impacted by Rodney Hood more or is it going to be kind of like spread out and like matchup dependent? Well, I think it's definitely going to be matchup dependent. Going into it, I was looking at it going, okay, well, it's probably going to be a little bit from Curry and a little bit from Collins, uh, just because Jake Layman has been playing so well. But as you saw here against the Mavericks on Sunday, Zach Collins was the first guy off the bench with Rodney Hood, and Myers Leonard is the one taking the hits in minutes thus far through this game. So that's just kind of how Stotts rolls. He's going to find his guys, and then it's all going to be dictated by matchup. Uh, What I like from Rodney Hood through one and a half games, though, is I think he's going to find a way to force Stotts' hand. He's going to have to keep him on the court, and he's going to have to keep Jake Lehman on the court. And 
fortunately, I think they look pretty well together on the court at the same time. So while we are stopped here at the first half, uh, just as far as the minutes go, Damon, CJ are each sitting with 16. Nurk, Aminu, and Mo, the three other starters, are sitting at 13. Then Zach Collins, Jake Lehman, and Rodney Hood all have 10 minutes with Evan Turner and Curry having eight and seven apiece. So yeah, it does seem to be running out that way. We're, they've got a pretty good share of the pie, good kind of portion worked out so far. And Hood, in his uh, his career, his first debut game with Portland the other night, 14 points, three rebounds, one assist on six of seven shooting. Uh, so far today, he's got, let's see, what was it? Six points on two of four from the field and two of three from deep. So yeah, not looking too bad for a first half. Let's get a prediction actually real fast. Over, under for Hood today on 14 points, Chris. Uh, I'm going to stick it with the under. I'm under. Gonna go over. He's got six. Yeah, go, oh, there we yeah, go. I'm going to go right. over on that. Yeah, no, for sure. He's got six already, man. I, I could see it turning on. I could, hey, I could see at least 15. It's gambling, okay? You're not going to win it. them all. And if he goes <laughs> over 14, I will be happy to be wrong. So. Hey, there you, we know, go. you know, sports gambling is legal now, so, so we're going to do this every time. No, I wanted to ask one more question about the rotation because there was an article uh, from Mike Richmond, your colleague at NBC Sports mm-hmm. Northwest, about not just that you have a roster crunch, but that there is, for lack of a better term, he didn't use this term, it's my term, but uh, ego management, where you have all these players who, you know, it's it's tough to have your minutes taken away from you. You have a mm-hmm. bunch of players who are ostensibly deserving of 8, 10, 12 minutes a game, and how you balance all of that. And so, Chris, I wanted to ask, as someone who's spent a lot of time with the team, like, when you get in these situations and you have multiple players who feel like they can play, like, how difficult is it for Coach Stotts to, to balance everyone's needs. So it's because not only just on paper, there's the human element too. How, how tough is that? Well, I think it's extremely tough. The human element is something people don't want to talk about, right? Or they want to ignore, but it is there. And I think that's also why it pays to have a guy like Damian Lillard because he wasted yes. zero time in stating after that first game that, you know, People are going to have to sacrifice, guys. Everybody. Yep. He didn't even name names. It was everybody's going to have to sacrifice because if you want to be part of a successful team, that's part of being part of that success. And I loved that from Dame because, again, he just kind of set that gauntlet out. Like, I don't want to hear any complaining. I don't want to hear any crying. If you're going to lose minutes, it's going to happen. We got a really good player that could help us get where we want to go. And if you want to get there with us, be part of the solution, not part of the problem, right? The only thing where it, it gets a little hairy is the guys that he could be taking minutes from, like a Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard isn't going to ruffle feathers. He's he's just right. happy to be here, right? Jake Lehman, same. He just wants to be part of winning. Curry, he just wants to get a chance to play. The one tough part is... Mo Harkless. I think Mo Harkless has kind of had a little bit of history of when things aren't going his way, he can he can mope a little bit. And that's where Dame and Stotts got to build him up and just understand what's going on. And through two games, I think he definitely understands what's going on. Do you really quick one more quick thing and I'll get back to Keith. Sorry. Uh do you think that do you think that any part of Mo Harkless remaining in the starting lineup, despite Jake Lehman playing so well, is that acknowledgement that Mo Harkless might be more affected by that change in his role than other players? I, I think I don't I don't think that's why the decision's being made, but I think you're on to something that Mo wants to be in that lineup. He's earned that spot. Stotts gives it to him because of that. But if he were to be relegated to the bench and be playing bench minutes, I think it would start to affect him just a little bit mentally. Uh, but I also think you really can't afford to take him out because if you put him on the bench, in my opinion, yeah, you can slide Layman in there and Layman's gonna score for your starters, but you lose the guy who's been the biggest spark off the bench right now, and you put Mo Harkless's five points per game in your second unit, and that doesn't help the second unit. And we all know that Stotts really, yeah. really pays attention to the rotation more so than who's starting. And, and so for me, I was on the Jake Lehman train for a while, but right now, 
just don't mess with it. Roll those starters out. Let Jake and Rodney get their minutes, and I don't care who starts. Okay, so let me uh, bring one other perspective on the on the trades before we move on from this. Uh, some actually, these are brought in from some of our listeners. The beardiest at the beardiest on Twitter says, "I love the Rodney Hood pickup. I think this is going to have a much bigger impact than most people think. We needed a wing, and Hood is an excellent wing." Justin B. Leak at Justin B. Leak on Twitter follows up with, uh, "In my opinion, the deadline moves were just fine. Hood was a great pickup, and Scowl, why not?" My question, however, is about the summer. Do you think we can re-sign Hood? If not, and if Chief leaves, have we really done anything to add value to the roster and build for the future? So I know there's a little bit deeper and kind of puts on the spot, but how do you feel about the chance to re-sign Hood? And for that same opinion, or the same question, really, uh, Seth Curry and Stauskas, before he was shipped out, is also on a short-term deal where, where if he plays well, we might have more trouble getting him back in Portland. And if he doesn't play well, we might not want him back as much. Where do you stand on this, Chris? Uh, mostly about Hood, but Seth as well. I think you stand a really good chance of getting Hood back. It's not like he's going to command huge money on that open market. Uh, I think you're going to be able to throw money his way to get him. Um, I think Portland's going to try to do whatever they can to get a Minu. Uh, I'd have to look at all the financials to see what how much money they really do have. But uh, Neil Olshay has proven he likes Alfaruk Aminu in this lineup. Stotts has proven yeah. he likes Alfaruk Aminu in this lineup. So I don't think they're just going to let him walk. Uh, say if Curry ended up walking, getting big money... It's basically your backup point guard, which, again, over the handful of years, that's kind of like a plug-and-play position for Portland, really. They don't use them a ton. What I think is more intriguing heading into the summer is what they do with with Myers, Moe, and E.T., because now those are expiring deals. I think after all the dust is settled from free agency and Portland can finally start moving when they see what's out there, that's what you want to see, is what they can do with those trades and then everything they can to bring Hood uh, and Aminu back. What we're seeing right now, uh, a lot of the talk around the trade deadline was that teams want the expiring deals. Teams are trying to get out of a lot of these contracts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hopefully if the uh, trade climate hasn't really changed next year, we could be in a pretty good spot. And by the way, speaking of Hood, like my understanding, he actually had to waive a no trade clause in order to come to Portland. So, I mean, ostensibly, that means that his agent and Olshay were talking about his role and his fit and that he wanted to be here. So that's one thing. Then the other thing about potentially losing Curry, I'm sure both of you saw the video of Anthony Simons getting up during practice, man, <laughs> yeah. those, his head was above the rim. And like, yeah. I understand that like your ability to jump Bunnies. doesn't mean that you'll be a great NBA player, but like based on what we've seen from him in the D league, uh, summer league before that, his unbelievable athleticism. Like I think the Blazers could feel pretty good that maybe he'd be ready for that kind yeah. of Seth Curry role next year. Absolutely, I think they would, and and that's what you want is you want your guys that you drafted to develop. So that if you do lose that guy, you plug and play. And, and Anthony Simons, I love the fact that that is getting some pub uh, yes. over the last twenty four hours, like uh, nationally too. Yeah, be, being fortunate enough to go to practices and stuff early in the season, I saw him like in a three on three, just out of nowhere, just jump out of the gym, get super high and dunk it down. I told Dan Morang that the guy's got bunnies and Dan Morang's like, really? (laughs) He can can jump. He can. I'm like, dude, trust me. He can jump. And the first time Danny saw it, he's like, dude, you called it. And I'm like, I didn't call it. I just saw it. The dude is athletic. Well, it's it's a good sign too because not only the uh, obviously our team is built around the three point arc with what Dame and CG and other players can all do, but the athleticism that we're seeing from Jake and from Myers, mm-hmm. uh, seeing these cuts to the wing and the dunks, it really does get the not just the fans, but I think just the team more into it, and it makes it moves the ball around, it moves the players around more. It's 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 working for us, obviously. So bringing another player that can do that, yeah, I have no problem with that. Uh, not at all. I love the fact that Layman's doing it. I've been saying for a while what Portland needs is a uh, an athletic guy who wants to play above 
above the rim so they can get those those lobs and they can have some fun with it, get the energy in. It pays pays dividends, man. So I do want to mention one more trade uh, potentially that could be happening uh, before we move on here. And no, it is not a trade for a player, but this does involve Myers, who we've mentioned. I'm not sure if you guys heard about Myers' Jeep. I saw Casey post about this I earlier did. this morning. I did. Uh, the the word is don't have too many details. Maybe you can fill in some blanks, Chris. But the uh, the post that I saw from I think Casey was that Myers Jeep uh, had a collision with a semi on two hundred five. Could have been something to do with the weather that we've been having up here. And it sounds like no one was hurt, from what I understand. Myers and L are are both okay. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I, I would say maybe that Jeep is due for a, a trade in. A trade-in, uh, yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I don't have any more uh, <laughs> info than, than you guys do from Casey's tweet there. Just an interesting little tidbit. But uh, hey, the roads are a little slick out there. I mean, I wanted to come and do this in person, but I didn't I didn't trust my four-wheel drive in the ice. So. <laughs> no, yeah, it's going to get, get worse later today, too. I was just reading it. Might, we're going to have some wintry weather uh, through today, at least, if not until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Someday we will definitely all uh, get down to Trailca- uh, Trailcasters HQ down at Brandon's Place, downtown Portland. But today, uh, in this kind of weather, is not the day for it. Now, let's talk about the other side of the trade deadline, though. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about criticism or uh, approval of the moves and from kind of talk about Olshay and, and fans' happiness or lack thereof with <laughs> him and the job he's doing. Uh, there's Why didn't we get of, Anthony Davis, Keith? Why? Come on. <laughs> Why couldn't we get Anthony Davis? Okay, it. not just AD, though, but people wanted Miritich and he went to Milwaukee for Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson and, mm-hmm. and second-round picks. Not the biggest package in the world. We, we talked about Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple on the show here. Jermichael and Garrett both went to the Clippers paired with, uh, or sorry, for Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Avery Bradley, not a bad player but again if we wanted these two wings that could have been gotten for us i i gotta believe we have avery bradley type value in our in our trade assets somewhere in there so i think there's some uh, legit reason to be a little upset with what neil was doing and then to make things worse he kind of uh he had an interview with dwight james mm-hmm. and he may have said some things that were uh you know contextually it may not have been as bad as the way people are interpreting it but there is kind of some opinion mine included that he was a little critical of paul allen kind of blaming paul allen for wanting to hold on to players who weren't great when i think a lot of us would feel that olshay has been someone who's really held on to players he drafted despite those players not having the best value on the market uh so again not trying to put you on the spot too much chris <laughs> hope this isn't too close to home but where do you stand on uh on the moves we made the moves we didn't make and the overall our, our fans hitting or missing the target with kind of some of this criticism uh well i think the criticism's fair uh, just because of what you've seen over the last few years and the, the main reason you weren't able to make deals in this deadline is because you signed all those guys to four-year deals uh and gave them a ton of money so you can look back at the summer of 2016 and and be upset with that the thing that i don't understand the criticism of this this summer is the trades he did pull were good trades. I mean, he got Rodney Hood, who's going to fit in, and he got him for pennies on the dollar. And pe- the, yeah. when people freak out and go, oh, but he gave out two second-round picks. What if that bites us in the butt in 2023? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a second-round pick. Those are handed out like candy in the NBA. If you right. want one, you can find one. Uh, so it's a great trade. So And then people get mad at me, like, oh, you work for NBC. You're just protecting him because you're not saying anything negative. No, my job <laughs> is to see what went down and analyze that, and I happen to like both trades, so sue me because I like them. Uh, and when you do look at the trades that went down, Keith, you look at the Meritich deals, you look at the Tobias Harris deals, all those. Yeah, those guys would have been great. Everyone wanted them, myself included, would have loved Meritich. But it was expiring deals, man. 
Right. Teams had expiring deals, and that is what the teams wanted, and Portland didn't have that. So you can't criticize him because he didn't make those trades. He just didn't have the assets to do it. But you can criticize him because it was what he did in 2016 that didn't give him those assets. But right. next summer, when he if, if something doesn't happen this summer and something doesn't happen at the deadline and you just let those contracts expire... That's when you can really, really, really criticize because he's been saying it forever. 2020 is what we've been building for. And then if nothing happens, then you can feel lied to. But for well, me, I just take it for what it is. I like the deals. Yeah, I, I think that's a completely, completely fair take. I want to say a couple of things. One on the Paul Allen criticism. Like, we know that Paul Allen was an active owner. We know that sometimes right. Paul Allen would get enamored, particularly of point guards. We remember Nolan Smith getting drafted Smith? <laughs> over a number of players who would have been much, much better. We know that was a Paul Allen pick. So honestly, like I'm not a huge fan of Olshay kind of quasi throwing Paul Allen under the right. bus, but he's mm-hmm. not wrong. So that's part of it. Then the other part, and like, look, I, I'm remiss to do this because God knows if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I am not super easy on Olshay, but I'm going to defend him to this <laughs> point, which is it takes two to tango. The, like you're saying, Chris, like teams have to want what you have in order to make a deal. It doesn't matter how much you want to make the deal. If you don't have something that somebody else wants, it won't happen. And so, and we don't know all right. of the various machinations, right? Like Portland has the tightest ship in the league as far as leaks. We actually don't know what the right. conversations are. We know that Olshay has a couple of people he talks to, Woj, and maybe a handful of others. So we don't know. Like, we are speculating. Like, and so at the end of the day, like, for people to say, well, Olshay didn't do his job, like, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But to just say, oh, it's totally his fault, I think that's a little unfair. Again, like, this is uncharacteristic for me, but I just have to say that. Get get on the soapbox. I like it. But but what what does irritate me is when people get mad, is they're like, you couldn't tell me that you couldn't get Mo Harkless out of here for this. And and all people preach is Mo doesn't fit. We need to trade Mo and he has a bad contract. If you don't think he fits, you don't like the way he plays and you think he he has a bad contract, do you think 29 other teams are are going to go? Oh man, I love the way he plays and I really like that contract. Like it's just come on. It's it's just it's just smart. So you gotta you gotta play it, you gotta figure out what happens. We could be critical of them all day long. The Blazers are playing. We got a team that's not leaving for Seattle, no matter what anybody right. uh, in this area wants to say. There and we go. Perfect. I'm segue. just happy. I love that. Look at the okay, guests let's, doing let's, the segues for us. I love it. Thank it's you. almost yeah, like I, I, I get this, paid to do this. You know? <laughs> I had this all lined up in my head, and you just you covered that perfectly. So yeah, let's let's uh let's bifurcate this hate uh, onto someone outside the team <laughs> over to Clownzano over there. Uh, and I'm sure we have all heard this by now. The clickbait frenzy that that John Clownzano tries to stir up. He wants fans to think that the team will leave Portland. He said uh, that. Um, he, he's. Uh, I'm trying to. God, I'm. Uh, see, I'm getting myself worked up now. I can't remember exactly what the phrase <laughs> was. For I think. Well, so, uh, so, so he had a tweet that basically said, "Oh, the Blazers are going to get sold, and City Hall is worried about it." So, right, like, let so. me just take, let me pick it up from here. So, first of all, I want to say this. I work at City Hall, so like, as my day job, like, I'm there. Like, he made insider. it. Insider. He. I yeah. I guess so. I'm like a <laughs> Portland political insider. He made it seem like the sale of the team was imminent. He made it seem right. like people were worried that the team was imminent and being moved. And then you open up the article, and that's not what it says at all. What the article says is that eventually, <laughs> in the next few years, the Vulcan group is interested in selling the team. We knew that from the get-go. We knew right. that 
You know, and that's bef- not the same as moving. No, Correct. I'm saying there's a huge difference between moving and selling. Those are two different things. And what what people don't realize, they want to get all upset with this, is the fact that if if a new owner comes in, right, and that new owner says, "I want to mm-hmm. move the Portland Trailblazers to Albuquerque, New Mexico, because that's a cool place for an NBA team." Well, guess what? The owners have to approve that. The league has to approve that. All this stuff has to go into that. And do you think the NBA is going to say? You know what? Yeah, get rid of our one stronghold in the Northwest, a team that even if the team is performing badly, still sells out and makes money, which can't be said for some teams in this league. I was in New Orleans last year when they were in a playoff race, guys. Portland at New Orleans a week before the season's end. They're (laughs) trying to get playoff seating, and half of that stadium was empty, right? Portland? Uh, yeah, you'll see some empty seats, but that thing is at 90, 95% capacity, night in, night out. Do you think the NBA is going to look at that and go, oh, a new owner wants to move them, so we're going to get rid of that money maker? That is just a stupid idea. It's, it's right. dumb, ludicrous. They're, they're, they're not selling going anywhere. standing room only tickets, and I know right. that because I look for them sometimes and they're not there. So, yeah. Right. And and this, and this they've been doing that even if the team is performing badly during during the transition after the Jailblazers years to pre Brandon Roy. The, the place has been always sold out, always loud, has a very, very, very passionate fan base. The, the league would not approve a move of the Portland Trailblazers. And yet, even though they play, in a 25-year-old stadium that still holds up. Like, come on. There's no reason to do it. I hate it. It's stupid. <laughs> well, by the way, a couple of quick things, and you mentioned the stadium. The Moda Center might be a little bit old, but it's pretty big, and they've done upgrades there. Like, it's a very functional stadium, particularly given its age. The redevelopment that's happening on the east side, that's not mm. insignificant. There's public transit there. And yeah, like, look, remember when we used to have the Vancouver Grizzlies and the Sonics and the Blazers all in the Northwest? Now we have this one team and like, I actually hope that at some point Seattle can get Mm -hmm. their team back. I think it will happen within our lifetimes, maybe not next year or anything like that. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the team is in any danger of being moved at all. And those all came down to the stadiums just couldn't keep a modern NBA team, right? Key Arena was outdated. Uh, Being there, it was at Rogers Arena, I believe it is, in Vancouver. I went there for that preseason game. It was great for a preseason game, but for that to do 41 regular season NBA games, it's outdated. Moda Center's not. And give them credit, they did a great job when they built it in 1995 for holding up to this time. Because other stadiums like... uh, Talking Stick Resort Arena, Vivid Smart Home Arena, those didn't hold up as well. And like Utah has put a ton of money into building it up. It's a beautiful stadium now, but without adding that money, they could have been in danger of having to build a new stadium and move. Portland thought ahead on this, has put a ton of money into Moda, has tried to revitalize that area. End of the story. They ain't going anywhere, no matter what any columnist wants to say. And anytime I see it, it infuriates Preach. me. God, yeah. I love this. This is awesome. Okay, so <laughs> thank you both. Appreciate that. Let's go from looking ahead about the stadium. Let's look ahead to All-Star Weekend, a little closer in the future. Uh, we have not only Damian Lillard, Seth Curry, uh, both participating in the weekend, but we also have Todd Bosma going down yeah. there to represent Portland. So shout out to him. He just celebrated 20 years with the Blazers, by the way. Chris, I'm sure you saw this, Brandon. I don't know if you saw this stuff. Uh, oh, I did. And they, by, really quick, just to say, Todd is a, not only is he great at his job, he's like a decent, good human being. Oh, yeah. uh, I reached out to him a while ago to get my girlfriend's name up on the birthday board, and he was so responsive and so kind. So anyway, yeah, shout out to Todd. Yeah, yeah so... Guy. So they had Todd uh, do one of the uh, the halftime or kind of like timeout entertainment things. They had him doing these CenturyLink buckets. I think he made the first two but didn't get the third. No one really gets that third bucket without an assist from one of the Blazers. We've seen that happen before. But I also uh, he came that. so dang close though. I yeah, was impressed. <laughs> yeah, he hit it like like three or four times at least. Yeah, it was good. It was close. 
I heard them mention too in the 20 years that he's been with the Blazers, he has missed one game. That's fantastic. Like that's an amazing record. I think he and Mark Mason both are these kind of just centuries. And I guess Wes Matthews was in there too when he was with us up here. So something about the water, you know, the, the yeah. players and staff just seem to hold up well. Let's talk about Damian Lillard though. He was drafted by LeBron. Uh, I think the third pick in the second round the other night because they, they couldn't be the starter, right. couldn't be the first round. So somewhere in that second the big part though forget which pick he was he was drafted ahead of russell westbrook and this was a shout out to brenda <laughs> nuckton one of our sponsors pointed out that when lebron took dame ahead of westbrook it gives her the greatest ple- uh, greater pleasure than it ought to and honestly it's enough pleasure we should all be calling him west brick at this point just like nerk <laughs> let us on as well so let's let's lean in heavy on that with brenda <laughs> oh my goodness west brick i love that what why, why does that guy just get pub like crazy when he can't hit a shot i love him don't get me wrong i think he's so entertaining to watch yeah uh, he, he's he's impossible to guard he gets to the rim like crazy but he jacks up threes and he can't make them so yeah i'd take dame over him any day of the week yeah it's frustrating honestly like westbrook let, let's be fair like is he like interesting like you just said interesting to watch and entertaining yes like yeah does it necessarily translate to winning basketball no like no. we like that's the thing. It's like if you talk about the best point guards in the league, even though Westbrook has been averaging a triple double for the last several seasons, which we haven't seen since Oscar Robinson decades mm-hmm. ago, people consistently rank Damian Lillard as a better point guard than Westbrook because he is a true leader. He leads people. He leads the team. He knows how to play the right way. And like, yes, he may not be as fashionable as Russell Westbrook, but like at the end of the day, who gives a shit? That's my take on it. <laughs> right. And, and no one's right. arguing that the numbers that uh, Westbrook puts up are good numbers, but can you imagine if, if Westbrook had Dame's attitude on the floor? You're like really sticking to that Westbrook, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm putting this in there, man. Saturate. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just feel like, can you imagine it though? If he wasn't a heel, if he wasn't the, the villain, if he played a good guy and was someone that did help teammates, imagine how much more he could be. I, or on the other hand, I guess, imagine if Dame could put up these kind of numbers. Yeah, uh, if Dame was averaging that, I would always like Dame to get more assists. But Wes Bricks, I'm going to join this train <laughs> with go. you. Uh, yeah. Wes Bricks' assist numbers are inflated because of the amount of random easy handoffs he gets to Stephen yeah. Adams under the rim. And I per- this is going to be the hot take of the podcast. If people want to hit me on Twitter and just, just blow it up and tell me how dumb I am, do it. But I think Stephen Adams and Paul George both better to the success of that franchise than Russell oh, West Brick. I love it. That's wow. a great take. That's, well, so I happen that. to love Stephen Adams. I think he's he's great. A little well, overpaid, but probably underrated. And Paul George is in the MVP race. Uh, and, I take both of them over Westbrook. And look at this. I mean, just to your point, like Russell Westbrook has had a usage rate in, Brandon, the, in the just 40. join the train, okay? Westbrick. Oh, I'm sorry. Join okay. the Westbrick Russell train. Westbrick. Sorry about that. <laughs> I gotta talk to Brenda at clearly speaking to enunciate that word a little bit better. But he's had a usage rate in the 40s. Like that means that on more than 40% of their possessions that Westbrick is touching or handling the ball. Again, like Damian Lillard is comfortable with people like CJ McCollum or Evan Turner initiating the offense. And again, like here here's the thing. I learned this from Final Fantasy, a video game that came out 20 years ago. It's actually Final Fantasy 2 released in the US uh, that sometimes nice. discretion is the better part of valor. And that means that sometimes <laughs> to be a leader, that means you have to step back. It doesn't mean that you're like the man and handling the ball all the time. And that's what right. makes Damian Lillard a way better leader than Westbrook. Which is funny too, because it's kind of how we started this this podcast. Like, is he having a bad night? 
No, he's just sitting back and letting other people yep. get going and try to get people involved. That's something uh, Westbrook. Uh, see, now I just mixed the two. You guys got me so confused. We start. See, we've come full circle. I talked about how Westbrook Russell confuses Wilson. me when I have to talk about him. Uh, but no, it's just something he doesn't do because the stats bear out that when he goes shot heavy and isn't hitting those shots, that the Thunder's record falls with it. So you got to sit back when you're not having those good nights. You can't get it. You got to get more people involved which sounds weird for a guy who's averaging a triple-double, but they're easy assists to get. So Dame on Team LeBron and Westbrook on Team Giannis. Who you got for uh, the All-Star game? Well, Team Giannis is going to implode before the All-Star game just because of Russell and (laughs) and Joel Embiid. Uh, I I think LeBron James, I love Giannis, but LeBron James hosed him in that draft. He got the far better team, and I'm glad he. I'm, I'm glad he traded uh, Westbrook for Ben Simmons because that was loaded on the point guard stuff. And with Ben there, I actually think uh, Dame might end up playing a little more in that All Star game there because Simmons, you could play anywhere. You can play all five positions, and that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the days of Dame and and Lamarcus Aldridge going to the All Star game and playing five minutes. Totally, I agree. I'm going to go with Team LeBron. And by the way, an underrated storyline. We don't have time to get into it, but. Dame and LaMarcus on the same team again. It's good to see. You want to mend those fences. You want to put the past in the past. Keith, who do you got? LeBron or Giannis? I got team LeBron for sure. Okay. And so last question, uh, Chris, again, thank you so much for the time here. Yeah. Uh, who, who do you No, Not who we just did the, who do you, uh, but Dame, he Hoo-doo-hoo! did not get the starter. <laughs> Dame is not a starter this year, but he definitely is more of a lock in the all-star game than previous seasons. Do you ever think that Dame will be a starter in the all-star game? Wow. That's loaded. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. And not because of a lack of talent or what he brings, but just with the way the current NBA set up, when you got guys like James Harden and Curry just stealing those votes and putting up crazy numbers, fans love to see him. Uh it kind of handicaps him a little bit. And so no, I'm gonna say no. And I don't care if he's not a starter, whatever. This year should be what it is moving forward where you don't have to worry about him being a sub or is the coach going to vote him in you pretty much knew he was going to be a lock and i think i'm happy with that i think that kemba walker being an all-star starter before dames has everything you need to know about the conferences there and that it doesn't have anything to do with player <laughs> skill and i love kemba walker but he's no damian oh. lillard so i agree yeah. with you i don't think he will be either but it has nothing to do with lillard it has everything to do with the conferences yep 100 the, the conferences and the all-star voting being broken uh fix all that stuff like we've said plenty before but listeners let us know what you think write us at trailcasters on twitter ig and facebook email us at trailcasters at gmail.com chris thank you again so much please come back on the show anytime as soon as possible uh if listeners wanted to reach out to you what is the best uh way to reach you hit me up on twitter that's c burkhart b-u-r-k-h-a-r-d-t m-b-c-s and i will usually respond to you if you're uh, polite and not you know argumentative that's all i ask for. <laughs> you're such a nice guy thanks again chris chris <laughs> yeah. burkhart of the trailblazers outsiders and nbc sports northwest thank you yeah thank you guys Thank you again to Chris Burkhart. And before we get to the rest of the podcast, first, a message from one of our awesome sponsors, Clearly Speaking. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Brennan Nuckton. She had those great comments earlier on Russell Westbrook getting drafted after Dame. I'm sure that's a bit of hate there. And I also just want to tie this into, uh, you know, if, 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 you're, if you have a bit of hate yourself and you're trying to order 
a custom banner for a flight that you're going to have with your other sponsor, Envy Adventures. You want to make sure you get these orders right and really clarify exactly what you're looking for, what you want to put on that uh, banner, such as I hate Brandon or I hate you, Brandon. Exactly wow. what you're trying to put in there. Unbelievable. If you, wanna, if you really want to uh, clarify exactly what you're saying to them, you should go and talk to Brenda over at Clearly Speaking. She can help not only lawyers, doctors, professors, teachers, uh, ministers, sales professionals, but she can also help you just making a call and clarifying exactly what you want on one of these banners for when you take a flight around Portland to tell everyone exactly how you feel about Brandon. She can help you with public speaking, with accent reduction, keeping your voice from getting tired on long phone calls if you really have to clarify exactly what you're trying to put on this banner about how you feel about Brandon. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with Brenda, you can find her over at Clearly Speaking. That would be clearlyspeakingoregon.com, clearlyspeakingoregon.com. The disrespect! The disrespect! <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back, back to our show. No, I am stealing it from you, Keith. How dare you? <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We got plenty left to talk about, but first, we want to check in with this game. I know that by the time you're listening to this, yes. game will be over, but the Blazers are leading the Mavericks by eight with six minutes to go in the fourth. It is 96 to 88. Keith, I want to start with this. Damian Lillard, he started the game ice cold. He started two of 11. And by the time we get, now get to the fourth quarter, Dame is 10 of 19, yes. six of nine from deep. 28 points. How does he do it, Keith? I mean, how does he go from 2 of 11 all the way up to shooting above 50%? How does that happen? Well, it's like we talked about with Chris. He has really made a point of trying to get his teammates going. I think this is a critical part of what makes Dame such a good point guard is that he's not just focused on his own. He knows he can get his when he really needs to. And he, you know, he'll fill in the gaps when we were starting to kind of fall off in the first, he made sure to score the quick bucket, but he is trying to get the teammates going, trying to get them into their rhythm. And it shows it's helping us at this point. Nurkish they're showing right now has got 18 and 10 already halfway through the fourth quarter. He had two fouls at the end of the first half. I think he did actually lead the team uh, with 12 points in the first, but that, that there it is right there. So he's got six points in the second half so far. He had two thirds of his scoring, two thirds of his production really in that first half when Dame was kind of giving him the way, like kind of letting him have the, the primary option and kind of fading off in the background until now. Yeah. And obviously Damian Lillard is one of those players where it's like, no matter how poorly he does to start a game, you know, he's going to bounce back. He's going to keep shooting. And like, again, like for someone like him, like it's not really that big of a deal that he would make his next eight shots straight. It's still absolutely <laughs> incredible. And yeah, like, and it's really good to see uh, Blazers now up by only six. There is time left. So this game is far from over. Uh, we'll keep checking in with the game as we go. Uh, Keith, I know that you did some work on the outline, as you always do. What else did we want to talk about? Because I'm looking for it, and I don't see it here. Well, I wanted to touch on, a, on CJ's hot hand, first of all. Uh, Per Jay Allen, he had this up over, uh, the other day. Jay Allen was telling us that over his last five games, CJ McCollum is averaging 28.4 points and shooting 48.9%. That's 23 for 47 from three-point range. McCollum's 23 three-pointers during that stretch are the most he's ever had in any five-game span of his career. And then uh, even go further than that, the last three games before today against Dallas, the last three games... Uh, Versus Utah, Miami, and San Antonio at home. He had 30 points and 3 of 5 from deep, 33 and 7 of 14 from deep, and then 30 points with 7 of 13 from deep. That is some consistent high production, especially after we've kind of been critical of that specific thing from CJ. So uh, how are you feeling about him? Is this, a, is this a turnaround for CJ, or is this more of him maybe stepping up to the next level? Can we hope to see this the rest of the season, or maybe just a quick highlight? Uh, unfortunately, it looks like a quick highlight because he's only 5 for 15 in this game as Luka Doncic drains a 3 shaking his head super cocky with five minutes to go. The Mavs are just down three. And by the way, like I think it shouldn't be lost. This Mavericks team traded away Harrison Barnes, 
traded for Kristaps Porzingis, who's not playing. The Blazers should not be having any trouble here, and yet they're only up three, so that's a bummer. But yeah, as for CJ, like it's good to see him get that hot streak, and obviously I think everybody wanted to have that be reflective of him being on the upswing for the rest of the season, but to see him go 5 of 15 in this game with the Blazers battling to even get the win, it doesn't make me super encouraged. And the other thing that's a little worrisome here, look at the plus minus if you have the box score open. CJ McCollum, out of any Blazer on the floor, remember the Blazers are up by three. He is a negative 15. That is by far the worst of any Blazer. It's super frustrating. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I was maybe even hoping that it's possible, like, it's possible that CJ knew that maybe he would be traded at some point this season and that was in his head, but the trade deadline has passed. That can't be it now. 0 for 5 from deep. Uh, yeah, so maybe it looks like those 34, those 30 point performances were just a flash in a pan, but I sure hope well, that they're not. Know, not every game is going to be 30 points either. This could be the low point. He does have five assists going tonight, so at least we're seeing, and five rebounds, so we're seeing a little bit more action. And only one scoring. turnover. There you go. And that has also been the criticism we've had for him in the past is that he only scored, couldn't be, really be relied on for other things. So at least here we're seeing if his scoring is not hidden as well. He's got five assists and five rebounds. That's usually more what you would see from Dame. Yeah, that's true. And that's good to see. It's still like CJ McCollum, like what's his greatest strength is as a shooter. So to see him go 5-15 in this game is, is not super encouraging, but it is right. what it is. What can you do? So we're on commercial right now. At least I'm on commercial over on this end. Uh, let's talk about the game review from this last week. Uh, Miami, I think it was what, on Tuesday? Uh, first of all, is there any other team that is that you can really say that they are better on the road than home? I think Miami has like a decisive better road record than home record. I don't know, to be honest, but I have heard that before, so you might be right. What kind of showed for us, though, on, on Tuesday, uh, Dwayne Wade on his retirement tour, uh, maybe a little too much rest on our end, too. We had those, what, like five days off before the game, but Blazers came in a little sluggish, and Miami came in ready to play, and uh, that, that one didn't end so well for us. Don't really want to say too much else about it. Let's move right on. What do you think? Yeah, really quick. I mean, look, <laughs> Miami is a well-coached team, like Coach Spolstra, one of, the, one of the better coaches. He's the only coach Le- LeBron could not get fired, so, like, props to him, like, I love what also, Miami. Shout out to the only coach from this Portland area. He went to Jesuit high school, I believe. Oh, cool. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Miami, even if they don't have a ton of talent, they're always going to play hard. They're well coached. Didn't surprise me all that much, but yeah, let's move on. All right. So San Antonio on Thursday was a good one. San Antonio, uh, the Spurs come in on the second of a back-to-back. They had rested LaMarcus and DeRozan, I think the night before against the Warriors is what that other game was. And uh, this was her, uh, Rodney Hood's first minutes as a blazer. He came out uh, awesome on fire. Like we said before, he had 14 points. Also, we had Jake and CJ looking really good early. Nurk got teed up for hanging on the rim. How about this one? Did you see that? Nurk I did. Was, that was complete bullshit. Dude, such garbage. Because, like, yeah, he hung on the rim, but there were players like within his, he could have tapped someone with his knees on either side. It's not like he was, you know, just like uh, hanging, like, you know, jumping up and down on the, or like pumping around on the rim. So what I saw later, though, Shaq on the TNT uh, broadcast of this, he approved of the dunk and the hanging on it, said uh, that the Nurk guy, called him the Nurk guy a couple times, said, don't send the money in. He's going to pay Nurk's fine that this was an, uh, an SAD, a Shaq approved dunk. So I like at least that. I hope Nurk saw that. I like that maybe, you know, he gets some some approval for being that big guy and getting in there. And even if it was a little celebratory, I'm OK with it. It was not excessive. I don't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I'm with you that it's it's good to see. I didn't think it was that excessive. Glad to see Shaq defend Nurk. Nurk is social media savvy. He obviously saw it. I'm a little pissed right now at this game, though, Keith. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> what is going on you. right now? Like, the Blazers are just, they're discombobulated. 
It's frustrating. The refs just called a jump ball on something that was obviously I, I not even idea. close to a jump ball. I don't understand what's going on. Nurk has got the ball back and would have had an easy two. Super just, so just for orientation here, we have four minutes left in the game. Blazers are up 96-95 as Luka drives in towards the rim. Can't get the bucket, though. Dame defending. Who is that player? Who's number 10 for Dallas? I don't know it. But we have an offensive foul, so we're going the other way. At least Blazers have it back. One point up, four minutes to go in the game. How can about you, this, can you Can you pause your game for a second by chance? Yeah, let me pause. Where are you at? Let's uh, just calibrate. I'll tell you when to hit play. So hold on a second. The listeners are going to love to hear this part. We're going to keep going. <laughs> so hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Three, two, one, play. Because that was that was a couple seconds after the offensive foul. Right. So I think that we're okay, so, about yeah. synced up. Um, cool. So, so I mean, let, me, let me throw this in here, actually. So this is the 55th game of the season. This is the farthest that that correlation, uh, the, the third quarter correlation has ever gone before. The idea that when you're up at the end of the third quarter, you win every game. When you're down at the end of the third quarter, you lose every game. We were up 13 at the end of the third quarter on this game. 13, I believe, or either 11. Either way, we were ahead. And this is the farthest that correlation has ever gone before. It, what do you think? Are we going to... Like, we're seeing one point right now with four minutes to go. We could drop this one. We might no, not get they're going to win. They're going to win. The Blazers are going to win. Here's the thing that's funny. And, and Mohar was getting fouled. I think it's interesting to note <laughs> that both Mo Harkless and Jake Lehman are in at the same time in this closing stretch. No Al Farouk Aminu. Like, and with as well as Jake Lehman's been playing, with as well as Rodney Hood has looked, and with Mo Harkless missing the first free throw, come on, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, with as good as Hood and Lehman have looked, <laughs> I think it is interesting that Mo Harkless is still on the floor. And granted, he did just get the rebound and he did just get fouled. He did miss the first free throw, and then he makes a second, so the Blazers up two with there 345 go. to go. Um, so I just think that's interesting, though. It's like down the stretch, you have Harkless and Layman. Do you think that's going to continue? Do you think it's going to be matchup-based? We asked Chris this question. He said it was matchup-based. Like, But don't you think it... Let me, sorry, let, wipe away that. <laughs> At some point, Stotts has to settle on a playoff rotation. When the dust is settled, do you think that there is going to be like uh, like a like uncertainty about who is starting and who's getting the minutes, or do you think Stotts is going to figure it out before the playoffs? Well, I, I think the interesting rotation was. I thought the rotation was going to be between Jake Mo and Rodney Hood. Right now, like you said, we're seeing Chief off the floor, uh, and I, I thought Chief was more playing the power forward, where the other three were kind of rotating through a small forward role. It's interesting to see them turn a different different lineup. But I have heard some criticism before too from fans talking about Chief and Mo not really working that well together. So maybe this is just one more uh, iteration. And Nurkic kind of like fouls out of the through. game, going is that the last one, going straight up. He fouls out of the game with eighteen points. That's not, even the first, that's, that's not ridiculous. even the first time that we've gotten called for these uh, pretty vertical fouls where they're saying the player is moving sideways. And uh, I actually want to point out, too, uh, Danny Morang and uh, I can't remember, uh, Pete Skokach, uh from NBC Sports Northwest. They were both pointing out before the game was starting that Scott Foster is refing this game. And Scott Foster is the notorious ref for horrible ticky-tack calls like that. And let's say maybe calls that are going one direction, not the other. Yeah. it's And, and da- by the way, speaking of NBC Sports Northwest, Danny Morang is very quick to criticize Scott Foster for the same reason. But yes. now the game has been tied. The Blazers have the ball with three minutes to go. I'd be interested to see what happens here. Like, I'm not trying to make this a play-by-play the entire game, but it is interesting to me, and we're watching it. Both of us are. So, uh, yeah. Game with Did- a three, short. Uh, this is not good. This is not good. Um, yeah, I just want to throw in there real quick. Just let me finish the hashtag fix the refs, hashtag fix the NBA campaign. I swear. You, like, you will you appreciate. Get- I just tweeted hashtag <laughs> fix the refs. You'll appreciate yes, that. Did you really? I did. I did. That was for you, Keith. <laughs> yes. Loving it, man. Uh, you got to keep the, that in the Westbrook campaign. You got to keep those going.
Uh, okay, and Dallas takes the lead with two and a half minutes to go on a, I believe, another Donkic, Donchich, Donchich drive. How is it? Donkic? Donchich. No, Donchich. There we go. Yep. Uh, their first lead since the first quarter at 25-24, according to the Blazers broadcast just now. Dame takes it back. No, come on. He's going to go to the line. Point? He's going to go okay, to the line. there we go. Ooh, couldn't tell where the ref was going. So Dame that. is going to get two. He's going to make both. The Blazers will be tied at 99 with about two minutes to go. Dallas will have the ball. So, I mean, Keith, like... Do you think that the Blazers, like, it, does this game mean anything? I mean, again, Dallas traded away their second best player. Dallas is ostensibly trying to tank. Dallas is ostensibly trying to get a better draft pick. If the Blazers lose this game, <laughs> even if it's at 12 p.m. Pacific, even if it's on the road, do you think that this would be a big deal if the Blazers don't pull us out? I don't know, man. I, I would say... We have generally had problems with like, there's always one or two teams each season that we just don't seem to match up well with. And what we saw earlier with Dallas, we matched up well with them, but Luca pretty much carried them through that game too. And Dallas, he ended up hitting the shot right at the end to take it down. Uh, was that an overtime game as well? I don't no, remember. He hit the shot that sent us to overtime. And then I think Dallas won in the end just because we, right. we were gassed. But this could just be one of those rosters that we're going to have trouble with. Who knows though? Maybe Porzingis comes in and changes the the tempo or the rhythm of the team. Maybe that works in our favor. We've seen that go before uh, as well. When uh, when a team has a has a big and they just tend to be more more kind of a, a cumbersome, just plodding down the floor. At the same time, Blazers have kind of changed their style. We're less three point reliant. We're a lot more into driving and running the offense at this point. So. I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but I just feel like Dallas has long been one of those teams that's an issue for us. And right now they're very young and a lot of upcoming talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just continue to be one that we struggle with. Hey, at least we're not struggling with the Spurs, though. I guess. Yeah. And Keith, I have so much trouble focusing on anything other than this game right now. <laughs> Dame drives, gets bumped a little bit, throws the ball away. Uh, it's still tied a minute 30 to go. Dallas has the ball. Um, Harkless I- Garden, Luca. Harkless Garden, Luca. I notice that for the Blazers, Dame God has been taking damn. everything. Oh wow, what just happened? Luca, uh, Luca. I think gets some hesitation. I don't know if the foul is on Harkless or Collins underneath, but they both kind of try to corner him away, and he gets the and one. He just throws it high off the backboard and bounces in. Luca is Zach super Collins. good. He has twenty seven nine and six. I mean, he's obviously wow. gonna be like a superstar for years to come. It was the fouls on Collins. Man, like, come on, Zach. That was horrible defense. Don't even act like you don't know why that. He had his arms, his elbows were at his ribs, and he had his hands yeah. on Luca's forearms. You got to know better than that. If you're making contact with the player, get your arms vertical. How do you get paid this much money and don't play better defense? Is Aminu injured? This is what I don't understand. Like, I don't care yeah, how... Yeah, I was trying to find something for that. I, I don't see any care how poorly Aminu is shooting with Doncic going off like this. You need someone yeah, to guard him. defense. You know that Harkless is not right physically. It's got to be Aminu. He's not on the floor. You have Harkless and Lehman at the same time. Wow. Hey, Coach Stotts, get Harkless the fuck off the floor. Like, I don't even care. Again, like, Harkless is not physically right enough. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Rodney Hood on the floor. Oh, gosh. And then Dame goes in and misses a shot. I think the Blazers... No, they got a jump ball out of that one, at least. All right. Mavs on a 21-3 run to put them up three points, 102-99 over the Blazers with one minute, 13 seconds to go in the fourth. This is rough. Oh, man. It That's is. a good drive from Dame, though. See, that? I don't understand why that wasn't a foul. If you're saying that the fouls they've called on Nurkic and Collins so far... As far as the verticality, what Luca just did there, he I think it was right. Like he went he went into the player, came forward with the arms, yeah, at a arms over angle, and that's that, not called. And that's what Stotts was saying from the sidelines. The Stotts was saying his arms were not straight up. The Blazers hashtag fix the refs. Blazers get the tip. The All right, Blazers down three with the ball. <laughs> CJ up top. He's trying to break it CJ, down. Goes to the flare. Ah, doesn't it. hit it. This is bad. So basically, to go. if I were the game. Blazers, the Blazers have two timeouts. If I were the Blazers, get a stop. 
take the time out right away. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Again, it's so hard to talk about anything else other than this game. No, this is okay. It's a live call at the end. We did most of the pod pretty well, I think. Chris is a, ga- a great guest coming in here. Luca, though, not a great... Blazers, the great guest, getting the rebound. Here we go. CJ running the offense down the other end. Zach Collins into the paint. Let's see. We've got Jake going to the other side. Uh, Hood on the outside. CJ ignores all of them. Gets his jumper from the elbow. Blazers 101. Dallas 102. 33 seconds left. So the Luka. 10 second differential between the shot and the game clock with Dallas has the ball. Blazers still have two timeouts. They need the stop here. They're down one. They, they're going to need the stop. We will see what happens. I'll take the call. Luca up top with Rodney Hood guarding him. Luca's going to dribble out the clock as much as he can. I'm a little bit behind Keith, but that's okay. Luca's still dribbling go. up top. Luca, step back three. No yes! good. Blazers get the rebounds. Calls the rebound. Gives it to Dame. Dame is now pushing the ball. No timeout. Seven seconds left. Dame, ball up top. Dame, Dame takes drives. it. How is that not a foul? He's getting oh, contact from no. three players in the Dame. air. Dame, Dame, you can't do that, Dame. You can't do that. You can't that's do that. That's a foul. That. No, that's no, a no, foul. No, 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 no. I disagree, dude. You can't. He was looking for the foul. You cannot do that. If the Blazers had two timeouts, by the way, this is my Blazers lose. So Blazers are the first game where they're up in the third quarter. They don't win. The Blazers lose. I have been long critical of Terry Stott's inability to take the momentum killing timeouts. The he was fouled before the drive. Even I'm sorry, man. Look, I'm sorry. The, the, I you get can't back to what call that. You here. can't call that with eight seconds left in the game. He was in the restricted area. Dame was searching for the foul. He was grabbing his hips before he even leaves the ground. Guy Dame was searching. No, I, I'm going to disagree with you, my friend. Like Dame was searching oh. for the foul, and you're not going to get that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to do something else. You have to go up strong. You can't throw it up like that. You have to go into the defender. You have to give it to somebody else. You have to do anything else other than that. Dame is searching for the foul. I don't agree with the no call. I don't agree with, or rather, I don't agree with the no timeout. And I don't agree with what Dame did just right there. That was a bummer. That's unfortunate, man. He, he was trying to take it into his own hands. I'd say he's trying to take the finish uh, himself. I mean, again, though, this is what we're saying about the refs, though. If you had if you had use of cameras, if you could just review this play, take 30 seconds to review this play. I think you can see clearly before Dame even gets the shot up. Who's this guy guarding him here? I'm going to back this up and find out. Number 10, Frank, Frankensmith or something? Who's the guy for Dallas? I don't know the player, the, the roster himself, but he's got a hand on Dame's, a left hand on Dame's shoulder as he swipes the ball with his right. Then Dame kind of puts it behind his back, and the player for Dallas puts his left hand right on Dame's ribs and then down to his leg. All sorts of contact as Dame is moving. If anything, that's why Dame takes the drive in the shot because he's got hands on him. That should be free throws at the line. We saw this just the other day. I don't remember what the teams were, but it was one at the line in the end. This should be called. This is how it happened. The the sport should be decided. The game should be decided by the action of the players, not by the refs inability to see the action as it happens. Review the play. Use the video. I can see multiple fouls before he even made the shot. Pretty sure in the penalty. So he's going to the line either way. But you're not. Here's the thing. Like, maybe you're right about those fouls. You know, you've been watching the NBA long enough. Those are not going to get called. You are We're trying not to fix the NBA though. You're not going to get those. Okay. Maybe next year you're not going to get those <laughs> calls. And if you're Damian Lillard, you know, damn well and good that you are not going to get those calls at the end of the game down the stretch. You're not going to get them. So do not search for them. You are not James Harden. You are not LeBron James. You are not going to get that call. And for me, this loss is on two people. It's on coach Stotts for not calling a timeout when you had two left, when your team is absolutely bleeding, and on Damian Lillard for searching for a foul when you know you're not going to get it. By the way, the Blazers scored nine points in the fourth quarter, Keith. Nine points in the fourth quarter. That's bullshit. That is disgusting. 
that's not good at all. I, that, that's that's definitely part of the problem is, is the lack of offense in the fourth. You Can you tell that game. I am upset? Oh, I'm upset as well, man. But I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, <laughs> when I see those kind of fouls, it just like that deflates me so much. It's so hard as a fan in the 21st century when you have all the video camera angles to watch a game and to see what happens and say like, why is this not what is decided in the game? We're the thing is, ourselves. here's the thing. Like again, like if you're saying was it a foul or not, like you might be right about that. But you are also, if if I'm not mistaken, about fix the refs. You are about consistency. And the referees for years have consistently not called those quasi tiki tack fouls at the end of games. And players know this and Dame knows this. So I'm disappointed. Damian Lillard, like, yes, you're in an imperfect system in which your fouls are not going to get called the end of the game. You have to know that and adjust. That's my point. Don't you think that at some point, like Damian Lillard has to know that and has to adjust? Yeah, he, he does have to adjust. But again, if you're seeing other, you want to talk about consistency, if you're seeing other players get these calls, and or if you're seeing Nurk and Collins being called for these kind of verticality things that we're not seeing the Dallas get called for at the end. I don't know, man. I, I think the adjustment has to be made by the league, by the refs. I think you have too many fans that are going to be tuned out if they keep seeing this. It gets talked about all the time. It's not just me. But I'm glad that you put out the hashtag fix the refs, hashtag fix the NBA as well. Uh, that is about really all we've got for tonight, though. I'm going to say, uh, unfortunately, that is the unfortunate sting to end the day with, with Dallas winning by a point in Dallas. But Blazers are playing, I think, the Thunder tomorrow, right? Yeah, they do. And Keith, I think that maybe the Trailcasters are ready to go to two a week. What do you think about this? I don't know if it's going to be on which day we're not quite sure but do you think we're ready to go two podcasts a week is that in the future i think we can do that yeah i think let's we'd be, do it sh- should be you should see some more trail catches episodes because i have a lot of pent out outrage that i haven't even gotten out yet <laughs> like i'm still messed up i'm pissed well hey shout out to our buddies over at blazer tag as well though you and i will both be over there tomorrow for tomorrow night's game with them uh and uh and so you're gonna hear lots of trailcasters content this week hopefully you can handle it all but please write us in uh for next week or for this week's midweek episode i guess shout out as well to jason hassler the beer and Justin B. Leak for writing us the questions this week, questions and comments. We will take all of your questions and comments in the future. What do you think about this game? What do you think about tomorrow, tomorrow night's game? Those will both be covered in the midweek episode. Thank you, listeners. Again, you can write us these questions and comments anytime about anything, preferably places. Brandon, where can they write it at? They can write us at disappointing at trip. No, just kidding. They can find <laughs> us at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Emails trailcasters at gmail.com or simply trailcasters.com. Our intro, outro, and interlude beats that you're joining right now are brought to you by Odar. You can check out his work at soundcloud.com slash odarbeats. And please give us those five-star reviews. It doesn't matter what podcatcher you're using. We just want the reviews because more reviews. (laughs) More reviews means more people. Even if we're all disappointed, it is more fun. And with that, Keith, if you get us all the way out of here on a high note, I would very much appreciate it. In closing, oh, on a high note. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Brendan, as always. Thank you, Odor, for the fat beats. I can't do that. Thank you to our sponsors, NB Adventures and Clearly Speaking. And thank you to Chris Burkhart of the Trailblazers Outsiders and NBC Sports Northwest for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Not the latest game, but tomorrow there's another one. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition. No, not next week. Please come back this week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Wow. Five stars. We would love for you to support us.